Turn, if you will, to, uh, to Nehemiah. Yes, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1, you can stand up for the reading of God's Word. Let's start out with the first three verses tonight. This is the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Cheslu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you tonight, and I pray that you'd meet with us now as we preach your word, God, and give me the words to say, Lord, and fill fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray that your name will be glorified through this message, and I pray that somebody's heart would be touched, God, tonight, and decisions would be made and lives would be changed. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we read these first three verses, and we're going to be reading more throughout the, the sermon tonight. But in, in Nehemiah chapter 1, um, we, we learn about the problem that Nehemiah heard about. Okay, And we need to just, just very quickly explain what, what had led to this um, problem. Uh, years earlier, um, of course, you remember when Solomon reigned. He was the son of David. Well, after Solomon reigned, uh, his son came to power. Uh, he didn't listen to the godly advice of some of the elder people. And uh, the kingdom ended up getting split in two. And then you were left with the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, the northern kingdom of Israel was, was ruled by all, all bad kings. And it wasn't long um, God allowed the Assyrians to come and overthrow the northern kingdom of, of Israel. And uh, Judah continued. Judah had some, a couple good kings, but mostly bad kings. And eventually God even allowed the southern kingdom of Judah to be overthrown by the Babylonians, and we read about that in the book of Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar and different things. And and uh, but the Babylonians weren't weren't off the hook either. God God eventually allowed the he, he allowed the Persians to arise and to bring judgment upon the Babylonians. And when the Persians came to power, King Cyrus the Great allowed he started to allow the Jews to return back to their homeland in Jerusalem. And uh, that, that return, there was, it didn't all happen at once, you know. It, 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 three main returns. You had uh, Ezra, Zerubbabel, and the third return was led by the man we're reading about tonight, uh, Nehemiah. All right, so Nehemiah, here in the first chapter, he's, he, he, he said, what's going on in Jerusalem? And they came back and, and they gave him the report, and it wasn't a good report. They said the walls were broken down and the gates were, uh, were burned by fire. And uh, that wasn't a good report because they even said the people were under affliction and they were under uh, reproach. And, uh, you know, one thing in Zambia that you'll notice, and for most third world countries, when you get off the plane, um, you see walls everywhere, you know. Every, every house, every house that's of any value whatsoever, I should say, has a wall around it. Every business that has anything has a wall around it. And, and there's walls and bars on all the windows and, and, and gates on every door and chains and locks and everything. And why is that? Why do they build walls around their stuff? Well, it's for protection, right? It's so their stuff don't get stolen. And uh, 
from what I understand, the, you know, I, I come back to America, I hear about the wall. You know, everybody's wanting to build the wall down there. And, and, uh, but um, in Jerusalem, it was important for them to have a wall around their city. They didn't have a wall, and their people were under affliction and reproach. So Nehemiah, he came to the conclusion, hey, I want to I help build this wall. I see a problem, and, and now I want to do something about it. So we're going to continue reading here. What did Nehemiah do to build the wall? All right, so let's read the, the next few verses, starting in verse 4 of chapter 1. It says, And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. And listen to what Nehemiah says to God. He says, And confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. So Nehemiah, he, he, he decided in his heart, hey, I'm going to help build the wall. What was the first thing Nehemiah did? You would think the first thing he should do is, you know, start making a list of everything he needed, Right? They start saying, hey, we need this much uh, blocks, we need this much pieces of wood, we need to get some trolleys over here, we're going to need this many people. That's not what Nehemiah did. He saw the physical wall was broken down, what did he do? He got on his knees, and he went to God in prayer. And what did he pray? What did he pray for? He he, he, he began confessing the sins of the people. He said, not not their sin, and my sins also. Listen, we live in a world today, and you look around America today, and I I think it's safe to say the walls, the spiritual walls that we once had in this nation are broken down. In many of our families, the spiritual walls that were once there are broken down. In many of of, of our own lives, I would say, the the spiritual walls that were once standing tall are now broken down. And, And what are we going to do about it? We need to do something. We need to repair the walls. But how do we do that? And everybody has an idea, and everybody has a, has a new fad and, and a, new, a new way of doing things. And, and they'll say, hey, this will bring the people in. When what we really need to do, number one, we need to get down on our knees. And we need to confess our sins to a holy God. We need to turn to Him in repentance. Listen, God doesn't need a, 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 an educated vessel. God doesn't need someone rich, someone good-looking, someone well-spoken. God, what does God need? He does need... A clean vessel. I think back to Achan in the Old Testament. One man's sin. One man's sin caused the whole entire army of Israel to be defeated. Listen, you know, one person's sin could, could withhold the blessings of God on a church. One man's sin. And, and I don't know uh, who's all here today, but, but chances are there, there, there's someone here tonight. And, and as... God has spoken to your heart, and, and you know you don't have something right in your life. And I, I would beg you, I would urge you tonight to, 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 to get that thing right with God. 
Sin is nothing to play around with. Sin will, will wreck and ruin your life. It may be fun for a season, but the end is death. If you have sin in your life tonight, whatever it is, I urge you to confess that thing to God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nehemiah, he knew he needed to build a wall. He didn't pick up a shovel. He got on his knees to begin with number one. And he got his heart right with God. And he prayed for the people of Israel that they would get their hearts right with God. He knew nothing was going to happen, first of all, unless the people were right in their hearts with their God. What else did Nehemiah do? Well, let's go over to chapter 3. Chapter 3, number 1. And remember this. Number 1, he got, he, got, he got his heart right with God. He, he confessed the sin. But if you look in chapter 3, and I'm not going to read all of chapter 3, because mainly it's a list of names, okay? There's 32 verses in chapter 3. And uh, let's read the first few, few verses. Let's read um, um, chap, chapter 3, verse 1 to, to verse 4, okay? It says, Then Elisha, be of the, pre- the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they built the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it even unto the tower of Mia. They sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. And next to them builded Zachar the son of Emery. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassanah build, who also laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz. And next unto them repaired Mishalem, the son of Bekiah, the son of Mezabil. And next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of Baana. All right? So, saying so, we could keep reading there. There's 32 verses, but I think you get the point tonight. Okay? So, to build the wall, number one, remember, he, he, they, the people confessed their sin. Number two, the people were organized and everybody had a part. Everybody had a job to do. And you know what? They all didn't do the same job. He didn't put them all in front of the fish gate and said, okay, I want everybody to take turns laying a block right here. No, Nehemiah had the people gathered all around the city, and every family, every group of people had a small job to do right in front of them. And they all spread out, and they were all involved, and they were all organized. Hey, listen, if if we as a church tonight, if we as a people of God, or if we're going to see the, the walls built, the spiritual walls rebuilt, we all need to get involved. It's like Pastor was saying, we all need to find something to do. Listen, if, if you, what is your job? What are you doing to further the work of Jesus Christ? We should all have a part. It don't matter how, how young you are or how, how old you are. You can be a prayer warrior. You can sign up to pray for the missionaries or, um, or, or clean, clean some rooms or something. We all can have a part to do. Not everybody can be the pastor. Not everybody can be the deacon. But, but we all can do something. All the people of Jerusalem, they had a part. Now, now if you look through for chapter 3, it's all positive. Everybody's working except, except verse 5. In verse 5, out of all the verses, you see one small group of people. The Bible mentions, and it just mentions them in passing. In verse 5 it says, next, And next unto them the Toachites repaired. Then it says this, But their nobles put not their necks to the work of their Lord. 
And then it goes on mentioning people, and it's all positive. But there was just one tiny group of people in the whole children there in, in, in Jerusalem uh, that, that it doesn't speak positively of, and that's the noblemen of the Toakites. And what a sad thing is that it, it says about them. It says that they, they did not put forth their necks to work for their God. These were noblemen. This was the upper crust. And I don't know why they didn't work. Maybe they thought, you know what? We're too important. We're too important and, and, and we're too noble to get down and get our hands dirty with manual labor. I don't know why they didn't work. But, but what's kind of sad is that everybody in Jerusalem was, was getting in on the work of God. They were having a part in what God was doing there in Jerusalem. And this small group of people, they, they're not, they didn't receive the blessing because they, they were too good. They said, we were nobles. And they were not involved. And they didn't work hard for their God. Listen, it's kind of sad to me that you, I don't think you read about the nobles of the Toakites and in many other places in the Bible. And one of the only, the only time you read about them, it just simply says they didn't work hard for their God. That's kind of sad. Listen, we only, we only get to live this life how many times? One time. And I don't want it to be said at the end of the day when I'm laying in my coffin down here at the front that he didn't work hard for his God. Nehemiah, the people, they got their hearts right. Number two, everyone was involved and everyone did a job and they were organized. Now, did, did, did everything just go smoothly, though? Or did Nehemiah, was he faced with some opposition? No, he was faced with opposition. And I can say tonight, any time, any time you, you decide to do something for Jesus... And, uh, and lives are being changed. Satan will bring opposition against you. Let's look in Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 3. It says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. In verse 4, Nehemiah prays, he says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Nehemiah was faced with opposition. He had Sanballat and Tobiah. They didn't like what was going on. And they began to mock Nehemiah because he was trying to do something for God. And they began to mock what they saw God doing. They, they said, hey, even if a fox hits your wall, it's going to fall down. What did Nehemiah do? Nehemiah, he kept his eyes on God. And he took the problem to the Lord in prayer. Listen, when we're, all, we're all going to be faced with, with opposition when we do something for God. And we've got to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. Listen, any man, I don't care who they are, but any man, any man, if you're only looking to a man, you're going to be let down. And, and, and even in marriage, if, if a wife is only looking to her husband for happiness, she's not going to be happy because her husband's going to let, let her down. And husbands, if you're only looking to your wife in your marriage for happiness, you're going to be let down because your wife's going to let you down. If you look to anybody outside the Lord of Jesus Christ, you'll be let down. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
Nehemiah, he kept his eyes on the Lord. And, and when the problem came, he went to, to the Lord in prayer. How many times when we face with problems do we want to get on the phone and we want to talk to, to everybody else about what's going on in our lives and we do not take our problems to the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, we serve the God who created the world, who spoke the stars in the sky, and we've been invited to bring our problems to Him. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon Him before He careth for you. And we don't, we don't take advantage of that. We have the privilege in the New Testament of entering, entering into the holies of holies and talking to Jesus Christ, God Himself. And we keep our problems to ourselves many times. We try to work it out. We try to fight our own battles our own way. And we fail and we get depressed. We get discouraged. We get down. And the whole time God's right there. And he's wondering, when are you going to bring your problems to me? Nehemiah, when faced with problems, he kept his eyes on God. He took his problems to the Lord in prayer. And the problems came. If we, if we look at verse 7 now, in seven, verse 7, the problems actually start to become physical problems. No longer are Sanballat and Tobiah casting words towards him. They're actually starting to attack uh, uh, the children there, the, 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 the God's people there in Jerusalem. Verse 7, it says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the uh, walls of Jerusalem were made up, and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very rough and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Let's look at verse 15 of chapter 4. It says, And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned, all of us, to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the harbigans, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which builded the wall and they which bear... And they that bear burdens with those that laid it, everyone with, with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Listen, at this point now, it wasn't just verbal attacks. They were physically being attacked. The, the builders were being attacked as they were working on the wall. Listen, as we serve God today, we need to understand that, uh, that we're in spiritual warfare, Okay? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and all that. And, and we're under spiritual warfare, and, 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 there, and Satan is going to attack you and me. He's going to attack us, and he'll use any means necessary. He'll use drugs, he'll use sin, he'll use whatever he, he can to get in your home, to get between a husband and wife, to get between a, a father and mother and their children, whatever he can to get inside of a church and cause division. 
And we have to understand that, that Satan is our enemy. We are not our enemy among ourselves. Satan is our enemy, and he's going to try to get between us and cause problems. And, and, and this is what, what happened here. The, Satan was using Sanballat and Tobiah, and they were, they were, uh, they were um, attacking the people here, the, the builders in Jerusalem. So what did Nehemiah do? Well, he, he prayed to God, but what, then what, what did God direct him to do? God, God told him to do this. He said, he said, have some people building, and then take turns and have people garden, garden. Okay? And he said, have, have everybody, when they get attacked, to blow the trumpet. And then when, when they're attacked, everybody run to that person's aid and protect each other. To build the wall, Nehemiah, he had the people look out for one another. He had the people watching each other's back. Hey, listen, that's what should happen among God's people. When we recognize that, hey, somebody, hey, they haven't been at church in a few Sundays. Or we hear something going on, they're struggling with something. Instead of running over and just kicking that person while they're down, we as God's people, we need to run uh, to each other when we're struggling with things. When we recognize that Satan is attacking a family or attacking a a person, we need to grab that person and and love them and, and pick them up and help them get right with God. We need to watch out for one another. There's been times, um, even since I graduated high school, and I guess now that's been, oh my, it's about 13 years ago. But there's been times I've had had friends and so forth that I look back and I I knew something wasn't right in their life. I knew they were struggling. I I knew that that Satan was, was... had him in, in, in his grips, and maybe they had an addiction or, or certain things. And I, oh, I wish I could go go back and, and, and say something to that person and try to help them and speak to them, because maybe I knew they were depressed. I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't say anything. Listen, when we when you see a brother or sister in Christ that Satan is attacking, hey, run to their aid. Take your Bible. Try try to speak. Try to warn them. That's what Nehemiah did. The people, they watched out for each other. So to build the wall, Nehemiah, number one, he confessed the people's sin was confessed. Number two, everybody was organized. Everybody had a part. Number three, when faced with opposition, he took his his problems to the Lord in prayer. And the the workers protected one another. And if we look at verse 22 of chapter 4, It says, Likewise, at the same time said I unto the people, Let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us, and labor on the day. So neither I nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. Another ingredient that allowed the children here the, the people in Jerusalem to build the wall was simply they worked hard. And that, hey, that's part of it. Now listen, number one, number one, I think was most important. They got their hearts right with God. They got down and they prayed and they made sure there was no sin in their life. But, but eventually, they had to actually put, put the tools in their hands and get to work. And, and, the children, and the children of Israel here, they worked hard. They labored diligently for the Lord. 
Listen, we as a people of God, we, can, we, we need to have prayer meetings. We need to do all these things. We need to get our hearts right with God. That was number one in my point of my message. But there comes a time when we need to get to work for Jesus. Not just talk about what we're going to do in the future. Not just talk about what, what we used to do a long time ago. We need to get involved in God's work today. Listen, what, what are you doing? What is your part in the church? I've never had a pastor yet who said, who said, Brother Justin, I've got too many people that want to help. That's not usually the problem. Usually we've got 10% of the people doing 90% of the work. Listen, get involved. Have a part in building the wall. What a sad thing it would be to, hold, to live your whole life and, and not really get involved and, and give it all to Jesus. Get involved in the work of the Lord. So the people, they worked diligently. And what was the, what was the conclusion? What was, what was the result of all this? Well, let's look now, and, and this is in closing, chapter 6, verse 15. It says, So the wall was finished in the 20th and 5th day of the month Elu in 50 and 2 days. This wall around this city of Jerusalem, this great humongous wall, was built in 52 days by a group of people. They didn't have heavy equipment. They didn't have trains and bulldozers and all that. No, they did it all by hand. And they built this wall in 52 days. What an amazing feat. Now let's look at the, ver- the, the next verse, and this is really the point of my, my message. This is where I want to draw it all together. It says in verse 16 of chapter 6, It says, And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. And this last phrase, I think it's so beautiful. It says, For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Listen, this is the same group of people. This is the same heathen, unsaved people who in the beginning of the book were bringing a reproach to God and who were afflicting these, these people here. And I'll ask the question tonight, who built the wall? Well, you say, well, the children of Israel there in Jerusalem, they built the wall. They worked really hard. That is true. But who built the wall? The unsaved world... The heathens, the, 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 everybody else in that region there of part of the world, they looked at what was done in 52 days. They looked at a group of people who were sold out and working together and working hard and, and a holy people, and they looked at what happened there. And the people, the lost people in the world, they looked at that and they said, this work, this is this what we see, what's been accomplished by this group of people is a result. It was wrought by their God. And you see, God received the glory of the building of the wall in Jerusalem. Listen, that should be the desire of all of our hearts today, that God would receive some glory in our lives. And it should be our desires that when it's all said and done, people don't look and say, Oh, that man had a wonderful ministry. Look what he was able to build. Look what he was able to do. Look at the church he grew. No, people should look at our lives and they should say, Look what God has done. That should be our desire. Our desire, every, our, as we live and breathe, our, 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 our passionate desire should be that God would be glorified through our life. The people, they looked at the wall, the lost world, 
And they said, surely the work was wrought by their God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The uh, Lord's called me, so happened that he's called me to go to Zambia. And uh, so why am I in Zambia? Do I want to see people saved? Yes. I mean, that's always nice when we see, see Jesus. But, you know, I'm, my, my sole purpose for being in Zambia isn't for the good of the people. Because the people's even going to let me down. When they steal from you and are dishonest and everything else, it hurts. It's all said and done. What is my purpose for being in Zambia? It's, it's, I do it for Jesus. And you should do what, you sh- what you're doing for God in this church and in the ministries of this church. You shouldn't do it for everybody to look. You should do it for Jesus. So that God would look and say, the, that, so people would look at your God and God would receive the glory.